Hello and welcome to the Bryce Cast. Uh, I am Bryce and I'll be bringing through all the Call of Duty esports action in the next hour. But joining me here, and the reason that I am so happy to do two episodes this week, uh, Hastro, Mike Rufel, obviously, uh, I've, I've forgotten your new position because you've changed uh, uh, Dallas Empire, but how are you? I'm good, man. It's, uh, we haven't talked in a while, yeah. but uh, I'm very good and very happy uh as chief gaming officer now that's what so, it is that's what it it's is it's been nice it's been nice to to, to focus on uh you know a lot of the things that i used to do in the past and not be on conference calls all day or in meetings all day so it's nice awesome i'm, I'm glad to hear it. i am very glad to hear it so uh we have a ton to talk about mike because obviously there is a huge year for the cdl you guys have won the CDL, and then there's a format change, and then and then there's a player releasing. So we better start with the first year of the CDL, because the last time I spoke to you was very early on in that process. Um, how are you in regards to the first year of CDL? What are your kind of your initial thoughts on its initial period? Uh, yeah, we're just getting started. Um, you know, it's funny, you know, in the past, like, uh, you know, all the teams were just kind of in it in it for themselves, right? Yeah. And we didn't really make a lot of progress because we were always just, uh, I, I don't know, beholden to Major League Gaming or UMGs or, you know, you, 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 you all the third-party tournament providers and things. And yeah. we were never really working together as teams. And now that has completely changed and we're all working together as teams to, to build up a great ecosystem. So, uh, yeah, man, it's uh, we're just getting started. And you know, COVID happened also. And so <laughs> trying to put all this stuff on while, while COVID was a thing is just, it was a nightmare. But, um, you know, we had events planned in Dallas that would have been, would, would have blown the doors out, man. So and Chicago had some, Chicago had a big right? event planned. Yeah, it was, it was horrible, horrible to, to have to not have our live events. But, you know, there was nothing we could have done about it. I mean, we made the right decisions. We, we had to keep everyone safe. And, um this is the season that we we were forced to play not the one that we wanted to play yeah but i think we did a hell of a job and i think this league is going to be insane this league is going to be so good in the future we're working on it i i, I mean i agree i think uh some of the positive steps so i i because i came out and spoke about the, the the covid issue and i have said you know bear in mind this is an unprecedented global event and i know there has been complaining from community on certain aspects of it and stuff and i said look it's always going to be a teething year, the first year of a massive change like this anyway. I said, and then halfway through to change it to, I, and while I don't want to make excuses for some things I'm sure people could improve on, I don't think the league's sitting there going, yeah, well, we nailed that 100%. We'll do nothing better next year. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. But yeah, I, when you were talking about the COVID thing, I completely forgot that yours was the next live event before the lockdown kind of kicked in. Um, I, yeah. I suspect that, you know, behind the scenes, and I'm sure you can allude to more of this, just how chaotic it actually got because that's you know massive event changes format changes meetings with league owners like what happened in those what month period changeover oh man i mean it was just we were on call so much just to try and figure things out and you know when you have 12 ownership groups and in, in one call you know it's <laughs> uh it's not always like the easiest everybody's going to have different opinions from time to time but to be honest, I'm super proud, man, to, to be partners with all these teams in the league. Uh, all the ownership groups really came together to make sound decisions. And yes, there were uh, different opinions from time to time, but uh, we're all, you know, very, very experienced business people and, and very amicable and everybody's getting along really well. So we were able to 
figure ways out uh, things out to to make this league work and i mean look at the end of the day we're lucky to have even been able to play this league i mean it was either do what we did or don't have a league at all yeah no i i i can say that happening i can say that don't have a season at all sorry a season yeah no, I can see that. And obviously, you know, the, I think some of the major changes were the changes to the end of the year, the big fine finale. It was not planned to go as it currently did. And they went, you know what? In the efforts of fairness, every team is going to get a chance to represent at the World Finals and the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, you know, that that we had to change format. I mean, we, there were so many ideas that were thrown around what we could do on format and, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, I mean, we had to we had to do the best we could. I think what we ended up with was uh, pretty great season I mean you know we we were able to see a lot of the events as if they were happening it was just played online and um, you know it's not ideal like we would have absolutely loved to have the crowd in front of us um, even our you know our team and our players as as much as we got the router jokes and memes you know thrown at us I mean <laughs> you lent into right <laughs> you know we're, we're pissed off that we couldn't smash everybody on land that's what we're mad about I mean we would have smashed everybody on land too so you know that's that's how we feel <laughs> <laughs> well i'm sure you know at some point you're gonna get a chance to to kind of do it again but yeah we'll do it we'll do it again <laughs> let's uh let's talk about the winning the world championship right because this this year at least is obviously always going to be significant being the very first year of the call of duty league the official franchises we've moved over to a completely different format that was different to anything from the last decade of call of duty esports and yeah. Dallas Empire was one of these teams that was in contention from the very beginning. Uh, and people certainly had you up there. But at the end of the day, you guys did win the world championship. And I'm very curious to find out what you thought behind the scenes, how the reaction went down in the Dallas camp. Like, it must have been mind-blowing for you watching those final games. Yeah, no, I mean, like, from the very beginning, we knew what we had, you know? I mean, I, I, I you you saw me, uh, there's a lot of controversy, I think, in the beginning of the season. I was pretty pissed off about power rankings, you know, when, when people <laughs> yep. were throwing power rankings out there because yep. uh, I knew what I had, right? And But I've been doing this for 14 years. I'm the, the oldest of the old running teams in Call of Duty, and uh, nobody's been around longer. So I just kind of knew what we had and was very confident what we had, and um I was angry, you know, that, 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 that people were kind of throwing our team under the bus a little bit or, or uh-huh. kind of putting us in the shadows a little bit. And, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think from the very beginning, I knew what we had. And I think, uh, throughout the season, our, some of our performances, uh, we kind of beat ourselves in a couple of tournaments to be quite honest. I mean, um, you know, the fault was really on us and we, we, we let a couple other teams steal a couple of those events away from us. Um, just by our own, our own little mistakes. I mean, they were su- we had super close games. If you go back and look at the the events that we lost uh, towards kind of the middle end of the season, um, we beat ourselves. I mean, we beat ourselves. And I rarely say that. I never have excuses. Um, yeah. We beat ourselves in those games. Yeah, I, was it, and, I mean, and we should we should have won the last few events. I mean, straight up. I mean, I think you took uh, an interesting tactic at least midway through the year because, I mean, there were some roster changes that happened with our teams, but you went, no, we're going to bring in a new head coach, right? Wasn't at the beginning. You brought in Rambo Ray. Uh, well, to be clear, we, we Rambo was all from the before we even signed all the players, we uh-huh. knew Rambo was going to come on board. Um, oh, okay. It, it just took a long time to get his visa sorted out. And he was also working, you know, for Sledgehammer. So we had to go through a process to transfer his visa from essentially we had to get permission from Activision Blizzard to, to take him. <laughs> and then, uh, and then on top of that, we had to transfer his visa and that took a long time. And so um, 
we we knew from the beginning Ray was going to be our head coach and GM. So um, just to, just to clarify that, oh, no, that's, I mean, uh, that's he only joined late in the season because of his visa. Oh, okay, I, I like that. That's something that I didn't know before. To be fair, like I assumed mm-hmm. that you got oh maybe we could do with a bit more structure. But the idea that you were going to bring Rambo back into that envious family and the, now the Dallas Empire family is 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 kind of crazy to me because like obviously he was a big part of it for a long time. But one of the main yeah, we 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 knew before the season started that that Ray was coming to be our guy. Okay, that's that's kind of cool. So mm-hmm. was there any point during? Because obviously I imagine you watched the World Championship, right? Like. You're you're a cog guy anyway. You you sit there and you've got a lot of stakes in it because Dallas Empire are right there at the cusp. When did you know? Like, was it you didn't know until you basically the the final map went, or did you sit there and go, they've got this? Uh yeah. So so just to to give you some background, uh, the I never in my career had I had to get this kind of experience when I'm watching or, or working with my team yeah. during the World Championship. I'm always really involved with our teams in the weeks or months leading up to the world championship. Uh, I always, you know, put myself, integrate myself with the team a lot more during that time. Yeah. So uh, this time around, what, what ended up happening was, um, you know, the matches were delayed because of booting, right. And just, they wanted to maintain the competitive integrity. So um, Ray and I were actually in a team speak with the team in our team, team speak, their comm server. And we couldn't watch the gameplay. Oh. So all we could do is sit there and listen to the team it, while they're in their live match, you yeah. know? Dude, that is str- it was so stressful, man. Because <laughs> like the players aren't saying what the score is, right? Yeah. They're not giving us score updates. We can't see the gameplay. We don't know if they're in the lead or down. S and D's it was easy because yeah. like, you know, they would celebrate after every round they won and be like, oh, good try, good try, you know, on the rounds we lost. So we knew the score. But uh, in the hard points of Dawn, we didn't know if we were up or down, and it was just a shit show, man. <laughs> I mean, my heart, my heart, I can't tell you guys, I have gray hairs coming in on my chin now from this past Cod Champs because, um, yeah, we were just like, Ray and I's hearts were just like uh, about to explode trying to figure out if we were in the lead or not. But to answer your question, uh, when we won that first map, we went up to, well, I was super confident. I was like, all right, our comms are on point. Um, you know, Ray's got got a good handle on the game plan and really got the guys prepped. And uh, I kind of knew after map two, and then it was just like we won map three, and then what, or, or, or game two that we won, we got two O lead, then we got three O lead, then a four O lead, and at four O it was like this is over. Everybody was like this is over. We got this, even though we dropped the next map. Everybody was still cool and calm, and was like we're we're winning this thing. That's awesome. I mean, I didn't even think of that actually. That you would have been uh, essentially listening to Radio Call of Duty, but not Radio Call of Duty with somebody explaining the action to you. Just the at sometimes unintelligible kind of screaming of players to rotate, and you would you're probably sitting there going, "Does he mean rotate? Or were they in the lead? Is that a good rotate? You know, it's getting fast and frantic, and you have no idea that's yeah. a good or bad thing." Um, yeah. Well, Ray and I were like in a separate Discord chat together, <laughs> like voice chat, so we could talk to each other. Oh, okay. We couldn't talk to the players in the middle of the game. Uh, we, we could talk to them in between rounds uh, or in between maps, but um, in the middle of a live game, like we couldn't talk to them. So Ray and I are sitting there talking to each other. Like, do we have the lead right now? I think we have the lead. <laughs> Ray would be like, I think we're up 30 to 40 points. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I think that's right. You know, so that that's all we could do. That's that's crazy, man. I can't even imagine yeah. like the, the stress in front of watch Call of Duty like that when you got so much on the line. Um, oh, it was I'm, stressful. 
You had oh, to play stressful. both Atlanta and Chicago. Uh, obviously, some rivalries in these teams. You are the essentially the big three. And also, it's worth bearing in mind, you know, we I pointed this at the start of the season, legacy teams, who I said had an advantage coming into this year because you guys do know Call of Duty and therefore should be held to a higher standard. And obviously, those teams did hold that higher standard, in my opinion. Um, was it... Uh, did it mean more, to, bearing in mind that, you know, you beat Chicago Huntsman, I know you're good, very good friends with Hex, and obviously Atlanta Faze, who you've been kind of battling all year long as well. Yeah, I mean, look, those, we had the hardest schedule all year, period. I don't, I don't know if there's like one of the analysted stats on it or anything, but I'm pretty sure, like, I'm almost positive we had the hardest schedule and I'm pretty sure it wasn't even close. Like, if you actually total up the matches that we played, we had the toughest strength of schedule all year. Um, and honestly, I think it just prepared us more, you know, like that a lot of teams, like almost, I mean, every team wants the easiest schedule yeah, That's yeah. the way they, they always look at it. Uh, our team really didn't complain about it at all. And I, that's why I don't even think many people will realize that we had the hardest schedules because our players didn't bitch about it or complain. Uh, we just played the toughest teams all year and it made us better, you know? Um, and then, yeah, being able to like get wins over Atlanta and Chicago, you know, through the year, it, it, it worked out well for us. I mean, we, we definitely wanted to beat those teams and um, we knew that they were both strong, super strong teams. Uh, yeah. And so getting the wins over, you know, the quality teams means that we submit our legacy, you know, nobody <laughs> yeah. can really, nobody can really say we didn't deserve it. No, I a hundred percent. I think um, maybe the biggest shock, and you've already touched on this a little bit. The, the biggest shock for a lot of people is how, ridiculously well prepared uh dallas empire looked heading into that final and i had chance on here just a few days ago and we uh we mentioned it too and we said it it looked like two different levels right it looked like these people have been just going <laughs> hold, at it hold on one second brycey okay i'm in a podcast <laughs> <laughs> um, okay sorry yeah, so we were, we were saying, you know, that we, we thought the preparation at very least for Dallas Empire looked like it was above some of the other teams here. Uh, and I'm guessing that's something you had been looking to set out or had the teams in a, in a kind of a good place to be not only coachable, but prepared as they could be. Yeah, um, look, I mean, I don't think if we had a, a better coach uh, or I don't think if we had another coach, we would have had the same success. I mean, maybe maybe the players would have come through. We we still would have won, but not in like the dominating fashion that we did it. And Ray Ray really really had a lot of respect from the guys. And there are very few people, if anybody else in the world right now, that that could come in and command that kind of respect from pro call of duty players coming to coach them. Yeah, and, I, I I can't disagree with that. Ray is Ray is a legend, and I know from. Uh... And this goes back, but way back when, when you had the the Battle of the Blue Envy House. Obviously, I, was, I saw Ray kind of work behind the scenes then when the, the the Envious team was playing TCM and discussed strategy. And I can only imagine he's got better at it with time as uh, as it's gone on. So I have to ask you, uh, and this is kind of similar topic here, but when you got that win, is there any particular way you kind of celebrated with the team? Have you got a party plan with the guys? Like, what 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 is the what is the Empire doing to celebrate being world champions? Man, we're, we're, we, we really did build like a family with this team, you know, and in my opinion, we're like totally a family at this point. So yeah, like we were able to get a little celebrating in the, the evening we won, everybody came to the HQ and we popped some bottles of champagne and enjoyed the moment. Everybody went over to Clay's house afterward and, and hung out. And, um, 
you know, that was special and a special feeling. Just, it was just such a good feeling being with the guys after we won, but uh, we're planning something really special for them in the next <laughs> couple of weeks. So uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll put out some pictures and things, but uh, you know, our, my business partner, Ken Hirsch, he's planning something really special for them. We have an event planning company working on it and we're oh, going to wow. do something special for the team. Oh, I, li- I like the sound of that. Cause I am, um... There was something I was looking at with the rings because the the Kansas City Chiefs also just got their rings out as well, and I quite like the Call of Duty League ones. But obviously, it's not the, the yeah. Call of Duty League ones not customized straight away to the team. It will be, they will be. Are they going to be signed? Uh, what happens to the rings? Yeah, so our rings are special ordered; they're all custom made. Um, okay. So they will have the Dallas Empire on the side, and uh, like the names of the player or, or the staff member on the other side, on the side of the rings. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so we, we, we do get to customize all of our rings. It's oh, that's pretty neat. That's that's fantastic. So also, I've got to ask you, you've mentioned the uh, the the new thing this year, one of the new things, because they, they added a lot for this World Championship, the throne. The, the the throne, obviously, the very first throne, you're putting it into the, in, I'm guessing, the facility, or are you taking it home? Uh, we're putting it in our HQ, yeah. So that I think that gets delivered to us in about three weeks or so. Um and it's like got it's like engraved with all the names of, of everybody on the team and uh some other cool like statistics and stuff on it i don't know it's like this really crazy designer that that uh, is building that throne for us so yeah we're putting that in hq we'll probably keep it out in the lobby for a little while uh so when people come visit the office in the hq they can sit in it and take pictures and so on but eventually it'll, i think it'll end up in the empire training room as a, as a kind of a reminder to this is what hard work brings you yeah yeah, that's it. Yeah, fair enough. I think fair enough. Um, all right, let's uh, again. Somebody know... in the chat asked if we get the Jordans too. Yeah, we, yeah, I'm getting a pair of those Jordans. <laughs> I was going to say, that's I right. wondered if you got the <laughs> the same Jordans. Yeah, um, we're getting the Jordans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are a lot of people getting the Jordans, so we're we're good. Stroke gets a pair. I, I get a like pair that. of them. I like yeah. that because I've always said, you know, the rings are great, but I've always said, you know, the more stuff you can give players for that moment, the better because. People are going to talk about it. You know, we, we spoke about the throne. The Jordans, I think there's a watch if you're MVP. There's there's, there's one other thing you get right this year, and I can't remember what it is. Uh, um, we get the ring, we get the thrones. Yeah. Or the, oh, we get the rings, the throne, the Jordans, and the trophy. And the trophies. Um, but yeah, like it's it's obviously, it's for my view, it's value add because these players are always going to have these mementos of the ring sometimes that you see players at events with it, like either put it on a necklace or they, they bring it around with them. I don't know whether anyone's going to wear the Jordans. That's been a big hot topic of conversation about people where they're going to be yeah, scared no, to wear no, them. No, 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 no. I'm not wearing those. I'm not wearing them. No, not not like, wearing them. We're, keep, once, we're keeping those in the, in, the, in the trophy case. Yeah. Um, can't do that, man. The second somebody like steps on him, gets mud on him or something, like, oh my god, I'd be so heated. No way, never wearing those. You know those how much just, I had to pay are, for the team to get these. Those are staying on display for sure. Not going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, awesome. All right. Well, from uh, from the good times to, and this is and these two topics kind of intertwine, right? And it's one of the main reasons I said, you know, let's get you on the podcast. You've you've done a massive thing. First year of CDL. You've won the world championship. Uh, and then 24 hours later, you're back in the news cycle because it's gone 5v5 to 4v4. It's a it's a big change. I'm not going to say an unwelcome change because, for my mind, it has its positives and its negatives. Obviously, without expansion team, I, I do take that as a negative. But let's let's talk about 5v5 to 4v4 first of all, mm-hmm. and then we'll talk about how it affected the empire. Yeah, let's talk about this. Um, so. First of all, right there are the, the there is this argument. There are these two arguments going on right now. It is the benefit of the game for 4v4 
versus the people going, oh, it's cost cutting. And I, I thing is, I believe it's both. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend otherwise, because truthfully, we have just had a global pandemic and return on investments and businesses are a thing as much as people would like to pretend that we just live in this world with infinite money. Um, it it, it kind of makes sense. And, and for my personal feeling, I think that there was a good part of cost cutting, but also, you know, they knew that the, this cost cutting method, in my opinion, did have a silver lining of bringing it back to a format that some people like. But the reason I wanted to ask you about it, Stroh, is I want to know your feelings on it, like your rationale. You've yeah, been, you've I, been I, I disagree. Right? I, I disagree. I mean, look, I think I think 80% of this decision huh? was based on player feedback. Straight up. Like, I don't know where this whole cost-cutting thing came in. I mean, I know, like, Krim said, talked about it a little bit, but I think he, I mean, he's wrong. Like, look, we were fully committed in our budget for next year okay. to have five players and two bench players. Like, we didn't care. We never complained about that one time. I don't think many of the other, other ownership groups complained about it at all. It was literally driven by the players, straight up. I mean, straight up. Like, you can, there was so much discussion about 4v4 and from the players and they're the ones who drove drove that to happen straight up the owners would have been just fine playing 5v5 it's just fine it's interesting and 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 maybe maybe a couple ownership groups wanted to save some money and gave that feedback back to the league i, I think what ended up happening was the players complained about 5v5 so much and wanted 4v4 so much yeah. that then the owners went well okay we would say end up saving some money so that makes sense and nine out of the 12 teams just didn't have a chance to win the events you know so they're like, yeah, screw it. Let's change it to 4v4 yeah. and maybe they get a better opportunity to, to be competitive. No, I, I can see so that. So that's what happened, man. I mean, straight up, like, I don't think it had any, much to do with the owners at all. I think it was really the players who wanted to see a return back to 4v4. They'd been complaining about it for a while. And then the ownership groups kind of gave them what they wanted while enjoying maybe a little bit of the benefit from that. Uh, because one, most of the teams just weren't that competitive and saw it as an opportunity to be more competitive with yeah. us in Atlanta and Chicago and you know a couple of the other teams that were at the top and then uh, also saw it last probably as a cost-saving uh, cost, uh, measure. So uh, I think the cost-saving was like the third aspect of it. You know, the players was number, you know, asking for it was number one. Uh, the, the fact that the other teams could be a little more competitive and saw that as an opportunity was number two. And then the third factor was yeah, maybe cost-cutting cut, measures for a few teams. Okay, I mean that is that is an interesting um, rebuttal on that because obviously, and I'm it's sure not a rebuttal. That's 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 the way it is. No, that, no, no, that's, no, that's how that's, it that's happened. What, I'm, I'm telling you right now, it's that, fact. That's that's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like for me, obviously, you know, we haven't had that. There hasn't been that viewpoint come out from any official source, and you are the most official source well, we have it, right? You're, Being he involved. you're hearing it from me right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, that's what that's what I'm saying. Like it, it's. Because the at least the news cycle in the last week, you know, or not even a week, it's not even been that long. Five days has been primarily about this and the Reddit threads and and the socials. Yeah, put that on Reddit. I'm telling you right now, that's what happened. <laughs> Throw it on Reddit right now. Um, so like, I, I, that, I guess I have that, a couple of follow up questions to that that, that could okay. kind of help clarify some things for people as well. Um, how early did those discussions take place? Like when? Because I know I've known about it for a while. Uh, at least at least several weeks, maybe a little bit more. Um, I'm kind of wondering when it first kind of reared its head so you became aware of it because there are obviously levels to this from Activision to the franchises because the franchises have to be at least brought into this conversation early if they're going to make yeah. a, a fundamental change. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't know if it's it's my place to kind of talk about all the business behind yeah. the scenes, but I mean, look, uh, I can say that 
it didn't really come up uh, too much until probably middle of the season um, where we started to hear, started to have more discussions about it. And, you know, we were asked uh, about it a little bit. And um, yeah, I mean, we're, I can't tell you exactly. I can't really even remember when it first started yeah. to become part of the discussion, but I can tell you that our team was uh, very adamant about keeping 5v5. Yeah. Well, obviously. I mean, world champions, right? <laughs> no, no, it was before that. It was yeah. long before we were world champions. I mean, that the discussion started. We were, we were very adamant that we wanted to keep five versus five. Okay. This is before we were, we were even at the top of the power rankings, you know, like, I mean, we, we knew what we were creating here. Uh, and, you know, Clay is like a brother to me now. And like, you know, he's like, I consider him part of my family. Like it was like literally being told that you have to kick a member of your family out. Like, yeah. you know, I can't even tell you guys like the, the tears that, that we shed just knowing that we had to let him go, man. It's stupid. But, well, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the the clay thing in a minute because I've got, to, like I said, I've got a few more things I've got to ask you here. Like, and it's difficult to to maybe phrase this in a way. Um, so expect I think one of the reasons people have been upset with the change because, like, here's the thing, right? And I am, I don't really have any skin in the game with this. Not like you do with the franchises. In my opinion, 4v4, I think, is a great format for Call of Duty. I've always said it. I've always thought it, it's a, a better viewership thing. I always thought it plays a little bit better for so people can digest it, and it makes it easier for people to form teams, right? So I've always been, yeah, 4v4, that is the, the chronicle thing. I'm like, thank God it's come here. The reason people are upset is obviously they are worried about professional players not having a place in the league next year, and I can understand that reasoning Um and obviously, it, it compounds the issue with no expansion teams. Is this, is expansion teams like something you would have liked to have seen come in with this effect? Yeah, of course. I mean, look. So again, I'll reiterate that if, if the players hadn't said they wanted to change to four v four, that we would still be playing five v five. Okay. That, so I mean, again, that's the main takeaway it, from me. Yes, it goes back to the players asking for it. Right. Now think about that. If 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 the players had said we want to keep five v five we would have kept 5v5, right? So uh, that that is really the the stem of it. And then, um, yeah, like I, I personally think 5v4, 5v5 is a little more entertaining for me to watch. Okay. And I actually think that 5v5 actually puts on more of the of a display of the skill of the players individually. So like, you know, there are just opportunities for you. Think about it. Like how many times did you see like a four piece in the kill feed, right? Like you're not, how rare is that in 4v4 to see a player kill all four members of the other team? Never happens. In 5v5, it happened quite a lot. And you got to see players make these like crazy plays. And I love that. Like I wanted to see, even as a player, when I played professionally, I thought like it should be 5v5, you know? And the maps were just always designed to be for more players on the on the map. So anyway, I, I, I for one, appreciated 5v5. I liked it. I thought it should have stuck. Um, especially like search and destroy. I think it's just much more fun to watch 5v5. There are way more opportunities for a player to flank through the map, you know, get through and, and you know, you know get, get behind an enemy team. And that's exciting to me. But um, I guess other people just didn't really see it that way. Um, I, I'm fairly impartial though. I wouldn't say like I, I'm like this big proponent for 5v5, but um, you know, 4v4 is fine. It's kind of our roots and it's what we've done in the past. And a lot of players are used to it and I'm okay with it, but yeah. I just hate how it affected our team in this situation. 
Oh yeah, I, I can we only... had the we had the foresight to put the roster that we did together. Yeah, I can only imagine how kind of uh, devastating it was behind the scenes for that as well. Um, I, I suppose, uh, and this and this admittedly is more of a niche question, and it's probably because I'm very interested in the business side of of the CDL, and I talk about it frequently on my channel and, and on these podcasts. Um, and feel free to to say that this hasn't been released yet or, or whatever. But people have been asking about the luxury tax, right? I remember speaking to you about the the you know the not problems that's that's the wrong word the the intricacies of building a team in that format, right? With this luxury tax, obviously now with a change in personnel required, uh, nobody said anything about the the change in it. And obviously, like I'm guessing, you know, the majority of the community probably don't care, but I know that certain people, including myself, do. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, uh, I I really can't say much about yeah. that other than the fact that we take care of our players, you know, in a big way. And, yeah. um, you know, look, I think there there has to be some kind of competitive balance tax in uh -huh. place because, you know, I mean, look, it would just make it to where one team could go out and, you know, essentially sign the five best players in, or four best players in the game, make it all work and sign them to very long contracts. And then how exciting would the league be, right? Yeah. Like, you know, when, when potentially one team just goes out and dominates every year. And even then it would still be tough. But um, look, at the end of the day, you have to like uh, set some some guidelines on a business here because um, we're all spending as ownership groups a lot of money, you know, probably a lot yeah. more money than, you know, it's it, the players can really support us spending. So, you know, it's just like the opportunities right now to make money on these teams is few and far between and we have to take every advantage that we can as ownership groups to do that just to support the current rates that we're paying players and um it's difficult it's not easy right yeah. but look we, you know every single ownership group deserves a lot of uh praise because they're really out there supporting these players in a huge way and i mean Krim was on i can't remember what podcast he was on the other night but uh it was a podcast yeah where Krim was like we're getting paid you know like <laughs> like like where all these players are making checks like yeah. they and that is true like and i'm glad he actually said that i love the, i love that kid right like the dude crim keeps it real just so you guys know yeah. um and and it's true man we're paying the players are making a hell of a lot of money compared to what kind of the scene really supports right now and i'm not saying that i sound biased but i'm the one i'm one of the guys that will open up the wallet you know um because i want to win and i want to take care of my players and i want to see them you know live live or see out the fullest potential that they have so um yeah i mean look at the end of the day like there have to be some kind of uh restrictions and guidelines to operating teams here and to allow these businesses to survive because uh we want to see this league grow and we want to build it over yeah. the next yeah, 20 I, years you know we want to make this huge yeah i can uh, i actually agree totally with that and i feel i feel like especially from your point of view it kind of lines up with a lot of my thinking on this i've always said you know I, I kind of get this horrible torn between two places because I want the players to make very good money. And at no point do I ever want players to not make good money. But at the same time, I'm always sitting there going, we also need the league to stay alive because obviously you can't play every player a million, right? You can't right. just keep throwing money at them. It has to be a realistic right. uh, kind of business return of investment on these players and what you're able to invest every single year. Because while obviously, you know, all these groups that have come in and bought into this franchise it's not unlimited money and it is a business and you are going to have to at some point you know justify that investment and ongoing investment every year because it is not a this is the thing that bothers me the most right and i'm sure and you can weigh on this as much as you want because i see it all the time and it and it's really bugging me now 
people keep calling it the 300 million league uh, about the fact that people go, oh, there's a production issue. How could this happen in the 300 million league? I'm going, well, first <laughs> yeah. of all, that's not how it works. They didn't just go and put no. 300 million in a pot and that's it, right? Franchises at the very minimum per year. I, I think I went out, it's got to be like somewhere in the range of 3 million a year just to keep it ticking along, you know, with salaries, uh, coaches, players, you know, facilities. Yeah, you're, you're stuff, pretty right? close there, yeah. Yeah, like it's crazy the amount per year you have to get. And then obviously mm-hmm. that lot in the league goes to Activision and it goes for the life of the league. Like, it's, do you ever see that? Because I'm sure it comes up on your timeline. It must be. You must be All the time. Out. Yeah. As I mean, here's, here, here's the deal. Like, look, I'm not trying to be uh, rude to anybody out there who, who likes, likes to speculate or, yeah. you know, put information out on the internet about the league and what we do <laughs> as a business, but you really don't know much. Like, you know, um, until you sit here in my shoes and yeah. you have to spend the money and plan and do the work and, you know, create the strategies and all these things for the business, then you really don't know what you're talking about. Just, you really don't. And I'm <laughs> sorry, but um, it's just, you can't just speculate that, oh, there's $300 million in, uh, in a... <laughs> read the door. <laughs> Everybody keeps coming to my glass. I have a glass window. I'm, a, I'm in a podcast. <laughs> I'm in the office right now. So everybody's like, ah, trying to, trying to come and talk to me. Um, but uh, yeah, so so there's a lot of stuff that happens behind the scenes that if you're not involved in that side of the league and the business and the teams, you know, it's the business of the team, like you really don't know what you're talking about when you speculate. You just, you're assuming things. So uh, I'm here to tell you that a lot of the things that people say uh, when they assume or make a Reddit post and say, oh, you know, they have $300 million. Why, why does the stream go down? Like, look, I mean, no amount of money can fix some of the issues that you have. You just have technical issues sometimes, right? Um, there, there, sometimes, sometimes money can fix things, but not everything that you think money can fix is going gonna, is gonna to be right, right? So there are a lot of situations that we're in that uh, we do the best that we can with. Um, we definitely spend money to, to try to make things as good as they can be. Um, and, you know, we were prepared to do a lot of stuff at live events too, to spend a lot of money to make the experience for fans that were going to buy a ticket to come see us yeah. uh, have a really, really good time, man. But that didn't obviously couldn't happen. So, um, you know, just take it easy when you speculate on what's going on behind the scenes if you don't have the full picture, you yeah. know? I think I'll, I'll tell you guys off. as much as I can on these podcasts <laughs> and I'll tweet about as much as I can and try to explain things. But I just know I, that that not every not all the details are there for you to yeah. know. I think I'll take that one to heart because I know I do an awful lot of it myself. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, in that case, like uh, it, it's something I've, I've spoken about today, right? Like obviously, I do a lot of speculating, and I'm never a, I'm never an unopinionated person anyway. And even I, you know, know that I do not know everything. There are times when I have to put a caveat saying I assume this is why, this may be why, but bear in mind I don't have the full picture. Uh, and I think my takes are probably still better than some of the ones I've read even today. Who, who uh, I saw a, a horrific take today that I had to tweet out about. People just thought they should just cut Europe and and uh, Australia loose in challenges, and and that'll be it because they wanted a bit more money in North America. And I'm like, well, that's probably one of the worst business takes I've ever heard in my life. Um, yeah. And and that kind of thing does happen an awful lot in this in this industry. But let's let's move on now because we spoke about five v five to four v four and the ramifications of it, and and you've set the record straight uh, in, in kind of what happened behind the scenes. And I think that's what a lot of people wanted to hear from an official source such as yourself. Um, so now a more personal issue with it, um, Clayster. Obviously, one of the most storied individuals in Call of Duty history, a legend in his own right. 
a guy probably well known now for having a roller coaster of a career and and obviously now he's gone on to another part of that roller coaster like how how difficult was it for you to come to a conclusion that unfortunately while he is as magnificent as he is we have to move on in this way yeah i mean i mean it's tough man i mean it's like <laughs> i don't know how to explain it um we were like forced to make that decision yeah i mean that, that's all i can say like i there's nothing else i can tell you about it other than that we were forced to let go of one of our players and you know when we had to sit there and talk about it as a team and um you know i i'm not going to throw my players under the bus or anything like that like we you know i didn't make that decision by myself i worked with my players to make that decision and um yeah like it's just it's a horrible situation to be in probably the worst one of, it's definitely one of the worst if not the worst moment in my career it's definitely the worst part of my my job to have to tell a player um sorry that they uh that they don't have a job with us anymore and that they have to move on especially after that right like I mean, we just won a world championship and then 15 hours later have to tell the guy that he's not going to be playing for our team anymore. And, um, yeah, like, uh, I'm trying to put it together here. Um, uh, take your time. Take your time. Like I said, this is obviously a, a very hard subject. That's why we've kind of come on to talk about it. Yeah, like, like, he, it, it yeah, I don't even know what to say right now. I just, it's like, it pisses me off so much, man. Let me let me follow up um, then and, and give you time to, to breathe with it. Obviously, it was the very first announcement of a player leaving any franchise. And let me, uh, and this is a speculation. I'm guessing that it happened so publicly and so quickly because you were giving him the biggest opportunity to move on and get him a spot in another team. Yeah, I mean that's that's what we did. Like, dude, like all these people, like I I can't even tell you guys how many people like tweeted like the most hateful things to me, man, over the last few days, and like, you know, basically like ripping into me. And I mean, people. That's it. Just goes again to like, you know, sorry, um, like the speculation, you know, like yeah. um, people have like everybody just wants to like, you know, come to their own conclusion really quickly. And then, you know, they immediately take to Twitter because they're behind a keyboard and a monitor and, yeah. you know, they can say whatever they want to somebody like me and blame me for it. But, um, you know, I have to take that heat. That's fine. I've done it for years, but, um, yeah, like, uh, uh, we had to give him the most opportunity that he could get. And so to do that, we had to tell him right away and, um, he's going to be fine, man. He's going to be just fine, you know, <laughs> I, at the end of the day. And we know that. Um, but like, um, yeah, he should have been with us. Yeah. Like I could, I could tell just from the, the, the kind of how it all went down that this is obviously, and, and, and that's what I think, what I, cause I, I see some of the, the abuse that gets thrown around on Twitter, right? Like there was no, if, if, if this didn't happen, there was no way it would have been dropped. And I, and I, I you know, I, I said in some videos before, like, there is no good option for the empire right now. There is there is no winning 
from this scenario where you go, oh, we can change something about because you clearly don't want to. Who in their right mind in any professional thing will go, right, well, we've got a winning team that has just dominated in the final of the Call of Duty World League Championships. You know, we're going to get rid of somebody. And out of those players, you have a reason to keep every single one. Like there is obviously reasons to keep every single player on that team, whether they be the young up-and-comers to just raw talent to obviously, you know, multiple-time world champions. And you have two of them, right? Let's not forget that, you know, you had two three-time world champions. You've got, you know, people who've got MVP in the league. And it, it's ridiculous to me that people thought that, you know, you were going to somehow make this... It's, it's what... Because I tweeted you saying, you know, it's, you know, put two of them in a large coat because there's no real winning that scenario. Yeah. Yeah, we lost, man. I mean... <laughs> What can I tell you? We lost. It's it's, so. it's such a roller coaster for the Dallas Empire. It it must be like the most mind blowing um, kind of combination of emotions, right? Because you set out this year with a goal. You accomplished that goal by and far to win the Call of Duty League, only to have it underpinned by essentially, and it does feel like a tragedy of breaking up a winning roster who all by the looks of you know and we've seen the crim interviews and we've seen the the interviews after it where and i think one of the 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 biggest things we saw from from crim two things was one him talking about him winning you know and he deserves to be called the greatest of all time but the second i think was the mvp because there was two mvps this year one went to shots one went to crim i believe for the final one crim says i'm going to cut that trophy in half because i don't deserve to win this whole mvp trophy and give the other half to clay and that speaks volumes about how much this team obviously just want to stay together. And, you know, fate essentially has put a prize. It could, it could be a Shakespeare novel if you had any idea about esports, right? It's like the most ridiculous twist to a, a storyline this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he, he deserved, I mean, like, <laughs> we had five superstars on our team. And, yeah. you know, how do you get... How do you choose to get rid of one? Yeah. It's like, um, and dude, like, there's going to be a piece of our team missing next year because of the the hype and the leadership that he brought, you know, to, to kind of boost up, you know, his teammates. Like I said, I think I tweeted out, like, he's the, you know, he was like the fuel, you know, for our team. Like, he brings, like, so much fire and intensity. And, yeah, that's like, it was like an in integral piece of our team, you know? Like, I've been doing this a long time, and, like I've been trying, the players chase their legacies, right? Yeah. But like I, I'm chasing my legacy as a team owner. Like I want to be the best team owner in the world, right? Uh -huh. I'm trying to cement myself and our organization in, in the history books as the best organization in Call of Duty history. And yes. and I think we did we did that. Uh -huh. You know, I mean we with this win. I mean like we five out of eight grand finals appearances. The only organization yeah. to have two world championships. I'm still sitting here as the owner of this organization. You know, like I'm still here. I've been through it all. And so I want, I, when I put this team together, I made sure that I was putting in every little piece carefully. Yeah. And yeah, I, I was talking to other players in the beginning of the season and like trying to work it out with other players. We, our team could have looked different, but what I ended up with was a dream team and I was the one who put it together, you know? Uh -huh. um, and, and um, you know, I took every little bit of feedback from Hook and uh, the other players that we were getting to on the roster to make sure that, you know, we were going to be prepared as a, as a team for years to come. And then like, when you take one of those pieces away, you have to almost like reassess like what you have and um, the understanding that you have about your team is just different. And so, yeah, like it's just tough. So.
I, don't, no, I, I, I don't really need to say too much more, man. No, I think uh, a question I'm going to ask you, and I think it's an interesting one, that it's a slight change of topic, not too much. Are you a little bit worried about playing him next year? I already told him that when I tweet him, <laughs> it's going to be like, or when we play him, it's going to be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> you know? Like, oh, shit, we got to play Clay's team. Oh, shit. <laughs> you know? Like, it's going to be tough, man, because you know he's going to be fired up and he's going to want to win yeah. those games. And, like, that, we wanted that fire, you know, yeah. uh, on our side. So, yeah. It's um, going to be a, an interesting one because obviously people are going to be like, yeah, Clay's beating the Empire. But, like, we still kind of wanted him. He's like, <laughs> he's still part of your, you know, the Empire family. He still did amazing things for it. And it's, I don't think it'll be um, one of these ones like a hostile sort of rivalry. But obviously, the rivalry will always be there for Clay because he is a very passionate player. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, we're going to miss him a lot. And and I, I don't know. I probably annoyed the hell out of him the last few days just calling him every day because <laughs> I just kept telling him, like, how much we love him. And obviously, you're, you're making me cry uh, on the show already. So, like, you know, I, it's been, I think, three days I've, I've gone by or I haven't shed a tear over this. So, it's tough, man. It's really tough. Like, I can't tell you guys how, you know, appreciative I am as an owner to the guys that helped me bring a, a championship home. It's a... Uh, you know, we pour a lot of heart and soul into this and it's not about money, you know, like money. I have enough money. Like I'll be fine. Uh -huh. Um, my family's fine. Like I'm going to be okay. And, um, it's about cementing a legacy, you know, like it's really about, um, being the best that you can possibly be. We're competitors. And, um, I, I am for like eternally grateful for every player that helps me win championships. Awesome. Well, I'll be honest with you, you know, Mike, thanks for, sharing that with us and with me you know I, I i said i reached out to you said look let's let's talk about it because i feel like there is a discussion to be had around this subject and i'm sure you know you'd like to to kind of set the record straight and let people know exactly your feelings on the issue and i, I think you've done more than that if anything but i can i can completely empathize with your position right now and in saying that obviously it's a horrible thing but it's something that had to be done. And I, I I, don't blame you. Like I said, for me, you know, I understood that, that something like this was coming regardless and there was no winning. Um, but let's let's take a little move on now to a little bit lighter where we talk about questions from the chat here. Uh, anybody who wants to follow up with, with Stro, obviously put that in. And I've got a few already uh, kind of coming in. Um, someone's asking, what's your relationship with Huke like? He's been basically in the Envy, Envy franchise for years now. Uh, what, wait, sorry, what's the question? Uh, what's your relationship with Huke like? Because he's been with you for quite a while. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, like, Huke, Huke could have jumped ship a couple times, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, we, I, I kept trying to give him the best possible players I could. And, uh -huh. and honestly, like, when, when we did make changes to the team, like, a couple years back, like, they were, they were kind of the best scenarios because other players were all locked up on other teams under contract or, you know, we, we were doing the best that we could to try and put together a team around him to help win. But the guy's just been loyal, man. Um, God can't say enough about who, like he, he really trusted our organization to, to build with him. Yeah. Um, you know, I, it was very difficult at times to explain to him that this was the right place for him and that I was going to help him win, but he trusted us and yeah, like, look what we did. I mean, you know, that's, that, that's part of the emotion that's here right now is that, you know, I, uh, I wanted it. I wanted to keep Clay just as bad for him. You know, um, it was important for me to keep keep his team, the winning team, together around Kyler because he's he's been here with us so long. So 
can't say enough about Hook. Fair enough. I think that's, that's a very good answer for it. And by the way, I'll answer all these questions until I have to go. Go one by no, one. No problem. Uh, Even if they're not questions, I see a few that are just mentions, and so I'll address them. <laughs> some of them, some of them, I think, uh, are, are not great questions. So I'll, I'll kind of sift through it and think. Yeah, yeah, these, yeah. Um, someone says, uh, and this is something that I, I have spoken about before. So I would love to have it from you because I actually had another team owner. I won't mention come in my DMs to to clarify on this, but I think publicly to clarify. Uh, franchises signing players for a two plus one as apparently one plus one was across the board but there is conflicting info here um and i think that's an interesting question because i've heard of these multi-year deals and mm. i saw somebody even say they had a three-year deal and other people had you know other deals but i believe and this is what i was told is that what should have been the default contract or the league enforced contract from what i am aware of and was told is a one plus one should be pretty standard yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I can go into all full details, but yeah. what I can tell you is that uh, all I can tell you is that our our team is together for next year uh-huh. already, um, and we're we're definitely trying to sign long term deals with our team, okay. and we're, we're trying to work that out with our players to keep everybody together so they feel good and committed that these are their teammates for a long time, and then we'll address any issues that happen along the way if we have to. But um, our team outworked everybody and. I have full faith in them for many, many years. And so I'm going to open up the wallet again and try to make that happen. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's all, that's all I can tell you. I don't know what the other team's deals are with their players or whatever. I mean, I just don't. And so, um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're just focused on our team that's and awesome. trying, to, trying to put it together for a long time. That's good to hear, Dallas Empire, in it for the long haul. Um, okay, next question. Any plans of picking up an academy team? That's an interesting question. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, we it's tough, but I would there's nothing that I would love to do more than to support like a tier 2 team to you know, uh just support more talent and have more talent in our pipeline. It's something we're thinking about and talking about, but not currently like budgeted for. It would have to be an opportunity that makes sense to us and right now I don't think it does. Um but uh that's not to say that we wouldn't do that in the future. Yeah, that's fair enough. I think that, I think that's fair enough. Um this next one's kind of weird, and I don't know whether I should have skipped it. Probably should have. Uh, not a question, but they were saying about doing some sort of uh, limited edition merch for Clayster, and I think maybe the better question is doing. Are you doing yeah, something? I saw that from from Miner. Yeah. yeah. Anything like a limited um, edition coming out of the Empire to celebrate I'll, the win? I'll I'll, I'll uh, throw the idea out to him today, uh-huh. but um, but the problem that we're probably gonna run into is that he's probably gonna end up on another team really quickly. Yeah. And so um, we obviously can't do much in that regard but maybe we could help him with the relationship with our uh the company that makes our apparel and stuff that to help him get that out there and uh we can help do that legwork before we let him go and um so that way he at least has that source of revenue for him okay fair enough uh the next question um apart from the two champs your team has won which other win has been your favorite they uh they Mm. highlight the the ghost run that wasn't actually a win that was just the the loser bracket running ghosts yeah, honestly, so so like, all right, look, um, yeah, obviously, when we won the world championship, that would be the other one. But if you, if I can't use that one, just the specific map was in that championship run where we went from losers round one, yeah, all the way to the grand final. That was a fun, fun tournament. Um, I believe that roster was Rambo, Merc, Nameless, and Study. If I'm, yeah. if I'm, I yeah, believe that was, was right. The, it was the, just after the Battle of the Blue. Yeah. Well, we played uh, strictly business, uh-huh. and they were like, you know, one of the better teams too. We were playing loser bracket. I don't know if you guys remember this, 
but we six owed them in an S and D. Do you remember that? I think I, and I, they I, did. I, I they I, didn't I, get a kill until round six. Jesus, they got one kill the entire S and D. So it was like uh, all all their players were literally like oh six oh six oh six oh six one and six, and it was like just the sickest S and D. I mean, it was the most dominating S and D of all time. So like that map right there was like pure dominance and probably the most fun for me to ever watch. I don't think an S&D has been that lopsided ever in the history of COD. It's that one. So go back and watch that. That was Ghosts, uh, Call of Duty uh, World Championship, COD Champs, Ghost, and it was in loser bracket, Envy versus Strictly Business, Envious versus Strictly Business. Go watch that S&D map. I mean, it was ridiculous. We ran them over. It was hilarious. Um, and so, yeah, I was really proud, really okay. proud to get that win. It was fun. I'm gonna have to go back to. It. I would really like to see some sort of content come out that celebrates those past years. Maybe like a uh, a long cut of here are a dozen great games from this year, from this year, from this year. Because you go back and people only remember like two or three games, unless you talk to those people who were actually involved in it. You know, going all the way back. And I've always thought, you know, the Call of Duty history is so rich and the rivalries are so deep that. There is a ton of content that has just been left in the past. Like you, you need to go look at it because some of these players have been fighting for ten years to get wins yeah. over each other, and it's been a, a yeah. roller coaster. Um, yeah. Speaking of which, the next question I quite like it because somebody asked a question about the young trio, and you've already answered that I think adequately in the last one. I think are there plans to step up the YouTube content for Dallas Empire this year? Mm-hmm. I mean, we we we've done a good bit. I mean, it's tough because uh, we're a big organization. Um, uh-huh. We're one of the largest organizations in the world. We field more competitive teams than most organizations do. And so we, we're pretty spread thin and our content, it's never really been the biggest focus for us because we're, we just want to win, you know, mostly. And that's been my kind of my pillar of the team. But, uh, you know, our new CEO, Adam Reimer is awesome. He comes from a, a major, you know, digital media and content world. And, and he comes from that space and, uh, you know, Hollywood and and that sort of place. So, um, we're expanding our content team under Adam and he's taking the reins on that. So I think you're going to see a lot of cool content coming out, um, uh, probably a little bit more. Awesome. Um, obviously we're going to try and do as much of the team as we can, but a lot of it's dictated by the players, to be honest, yeah. right? Like we didn't want to bother our players. Like the reason we won this world championship is because we were so focused on winning it, right? Yeah. Like we were work, uh, the whole team was working hard. They actually requested that they do no media content for like the last three months. Oh wow! So, so like a lot of it, like the last two two and a half months, about like we literally stopped creating much content with them because we wanted them to focus. And so a lot of it is dominated by our players. Like it's their decision to do the content, and we respect that. So, um, yeah, like we 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 really try to limit the amount of content we create if our team desires that. And so they did. And yeah, that's why you don't see a lot of content sometimes. It's because we want our players to focus and we're giving them the, what they want. Yeah, that, I mean, that's fair. That kind of makes sense, I think, for uh, to concentrate along that way because I, I know there was a good amount of content coming out at the beginning and that, now you say there's been three months, like, that makes sense. That, that makes yeah, sense. well, I mean, there's a reason those yeah. teams that create content every day don't win championships because they're <laughs> spending their time fucking making content, you know? Like, yeah. we, we, you know, uh, look, if you want to watch, the, if, you're, if you're interested in watching your team lose and make content, great. Yeah. If you're interested in watching your team win, you're going to get less content. I mean, that's just the way it works. That makes sense. That makes sense. And it kind of kind of runs on to this next question. Someone asking about a documentary video or a highlight video of this year, I think would be more apt. Um, whether or not Empire had any plans uh, in kind of that way to come out now that the season's over. Uh, say that again. Uh, people are asking about 
either like a documentary style video or probably what I think would be more realistic is like a highlights of this year video produced by the Empire to tell the story of this win. Um, we're working on some things like okay. that. Um, I don't, I can't guarantee that we'll have something out like that, but um, there are a couple things that we haven't talked about uh, just yet that um, that we'll have, we'll, we'll, we'll have docu kind of docu series content built around. So yeah, yeah I'm hopeful we can do something um, that would document the full season. Um, but COVID made it so tough, man. Yeah. We definitely would have done it had we had our live events and we were on the road. Like we had, you know, had, our videographer like on the road with the guys already throughout the season but um it's definitely much tougher now because the content is us playing from our office or from the players houses you know it's like it's not that exciting but um yeah we'll, we'll see what we can put together fair enough that's fair enough um this next question is, is a great one and uh, i don't know how many more minutes i've got you for stro probably only a, a few um what are your thoughts on challenges and how it can be improved next year and how do teams generally scout it yeah, I mean, we just watched we watched the matches. I mean, we were watching the players, watching the matches, watching VOD um, to scout uh, what can be improved. I mean, awesome prize pool that got put out there for yeah. for challengers this year. I mean, look, that that's a really big prize pool considering that the the best players in the world are most of them are in the COD League. Maybe there were a few challengers teams that could have competed in the COD League. I, I think there are. Even Krim, you know, said that himself. Like, definitely the top three challengers teams could have competed with the bottom three. Cod League teams were yeah. probably better, um, but that's not on me. That's on the other owners to scout those players and make sure that they <laughs> they, they don't let that happen. Oh, you're sorry. Um, you don't need to do any scouting. You're like, yeah, we got our team. Yeah, I mean, we're good right now, but we're still scouting. It doesn't mean we're sleeping. Yeah, you know, like we're we're looking. You know, that 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 doesn't mean that the players on our team don't have pressure. They do. Like they have to continue to to be uh, great players and hard workers and, and compete. But um, we feel good about the team that we have and and. I would say I will say that I will do as whatever I can to support tier two as an owner in the league and and I'm always constantly pushing to say that we need to support that scene and you know that's that's a big part of what we do. Uh, I think next year we have to do some kind of broadcast component for challengers and make sure that we're creating streams around challengers in whatever way that we can to uh, let people see that competition because there are great players there. Yeah, no, I I, I could agree with you. I mean. It's uh, it's an interesting one. One to the point where I've actually I'm halfway through scripting uh, a video about challenges and improvements and what went well and what didn't go well for for this coming up. But it's such a an over encompassing topic, right? Because everybody goes, oh, we can just fix this or fix this. And I'm like, well, there's levels to it. There's like so many levels business wise to why challenges the way it is and what they could do and what could happen. So I'm like, I understand like when I see people just go, oh, why don't they just broadcast the whole thing? I'm like, well, because that is not cheap. Like I agree that it should have its broadcast. I said, but bear in mind what you're saying. You're spending other people's money here, right? It is not. It is not something you could just be run up in four seconds. Um, let's have a look. Uh, someone's asking about the format for next year, and I don't think you can ask it uh, answer this because nothing official has come out yet. Um, but it, I think it's more about you know the event format, and obviously this is the home stands, and this is a very different format for Call of Duty. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm gonna let the league announce all of that. Uh -huh. It's not uh, it's not really my place um, to do it, but um, yeah, we should we should uh, have an announcement. I think from the league soon to talk about that. I, I don't know when they plan on talking about the full details of the league, but um, look, all I can tell you is that it's gonna be exciting. <laughs> I mean, this year was insane. Um, 
the matches were the closest I've ever seen matches get played. Um, how many game fives did we have this year? I mean, it's crazy. Uh, the number of game fives in the matches, so competitive. And that's what happens when you consolidate the skill into 12 teams, you know? Um, and, you know, I think next year is going to be the same. It's even more consolidated now, the talent in the league. So uh, the matches are going to be insane. I can't tell you the exact format just yet, but I do know some of the plans, and I can tell you guys right now that next year is going to be nuts. Nuts, nuts, awesome. nuts. Yeah. Awesome. Crazy, awesome actually. Hit. I'm looking forward to it. I always look forward to these yeah. reveals every year. Every year I look forward to it because I'm like, oh, I kind of want to know what's happening, and then speculation goes wild. Um, all right, let's... Uh, kind of start wrapping this up i think there's maybe one more question which isn't too bad people are asking can they have some replays of the game with the whole squad comms uh in the off season like they want to see some of the big games they want to see some squad comms obviously yeah. you know some of it has to probably be bleeped um but you know oh, we don't we don't bleep we don't bleep <laughs> brycey what we don't bleep at the dallas empire no we do some we do sometimes but but we haven't been bleeping the past couple of weeks i mean we've been, we've been letting it go um you know, it is what it is, man. Like, uh, we have comms from the whole, uh, from our matches in the world championship. We have all of our comms, uh, including me and Ray, uh, flipping out because, uh, that's how we recorded them. We were all in the team speak together, me, Ray, and the five players. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was, you guys heard a little bit of it on Twitter. If you haven't go, go look at Clayster's Twitter, or my Twitter, and you can hear, <laughs> some of the reactions that we had oh i saw it. um, it's good but there was a lot more in there too there were there were moments like you know like the ninja diffuse i think clay tweeted out his his viewpoint of that with the comms yeah. like um there was there was that moment where we had that like 2v5 ender and uh clay got like a 2v5 that was nuts like there were all these crazy moments that happened where we were all just going nuts and so um we'll we'll put out some more of that stuff our content team's working on that they have they're trying to sync up the gameplay with with the comms and and get it out there to everybody awesome all right well thank you so much for giving me your time mike i know obviously yeah, it's been a very always. busy time for you but any last words for the people watching and listening uh no man just thank just big thank you to anybody that was cheering on the empire and sending us positivity and love um you guys really really uh showed that we have a fan base out there and and it helps to to get a, our team fired up knowing that we're playing for people and uh you're all part of our family too so if you're supporting the dallas empire and even if you're not uh big thanks to watching the league this year the only way we grow this thing and, and make it better is if you guys watch and engage and tweet it out and you know give love so uh that's the only only way we make it work man so big shout out to all of you man it's brings bring another tear to my eye with all the crowns in the <laughs> chat oh there's some routers in the chat too yeah yeah put those in there um but yeah no, no, big big shout out to all you guys in the chat right now even though about 60 of you in here yeah mm -hmm. those are 60 important people so awesome big big shout out all right well thank you so much like i said i know it's it's a busy week and i know this is some difficult topics that we've gone through but i always enjoy talking call of duty to you uh astro and i've known you for a long time and i have no doubt i will ask you to come on again in the future because like i said so much knowledge uh and so much history uh, <laughs> just with yourself and, and the and oh the man um, well we, we've both been doing a long time man so <laughs> so thanks to you for having me and uh Thanks, keep doing what you're doing Bryce. thank you very much all right well that has been the bryce cast thank you everybody tuning in and going in the chat the vods will be up soon if you're listening on youtube or spotify or whatever you can catch those i'll have the vods out very shortly thank you all so much and we will see you next time